Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to another edition of the Student Ministry Matters Podcast. My name is Dan Carson. I'm your host as we continue the conversation about student ministry on today's podcast. Now, tonight we have a very special podcast as we hear from one of the leading experts in church revitalization. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast sponsor, Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. If you're looking for a great school for your students, Central Baptist College is the place that you need to point them to. It's a Christ-centered education where a student's relationship with Jesus is priority. Now, to find out more about Central Baptist College, visit cbc.edu. There you'll find contact information on how you can see more of CBC for yourself. Recently, I made the trip to Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary again to enjoy my next doctoral seminar. I knew that it was going to be a special one because of the instructor. But as we went along, I knew that I wanted to sit down with him and share a conversation about church revitalization and student ministry. Our guest for the day is Dr. Tom Cheney, known by many as the father of church revitalization. Dr. Cheney serves the Greater Orlando Baptist Association as their executive director of missions. Dr. Cheney is a nationally recognized conference leader in church revitalization, church planting, and church health. He's taught on five continents and is an Oxford University Distinguished Scholar student from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's married to Cheryl, and they have two adult children, Ashley and Drew. Dr. Cheney is also the founder and directional leader of the Renovate National Church Revitalization Conferences and leader of the Renovate Church Revitalization Coaching Network, where he mentors pastors, churches, and directors of missions in church revitalization and renewal. He serves as the executive editor of the Church Revitalizer magazine, which is the only national publication on church revitalization in North America. Now, Dr. Cheney has written over 5,000 print and audio resources. He serves as an adjunct professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City and Anderson University in South Carolina, where he teaches at the doctoral level for church revitalization seminars. Now, in addition to being a church planter and pastor, Dr. Cheney began his ministry experience as a youth pastor. Well, thanks for being on the podcast with me today, Tom. Uh, before we dive into our conversation today, would you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and about your ministry? Well, my name's Tom Cheney. I am originally from the northeast portion of the United States. I uh, was born in the, just south of Baltimore in a little town called uh, Cecilton, Maryland. Uh, eventually, my father moved to Florida for the building boom of the 60s and grew up on the west coast of Florida. Uh, 
came to know the Lord when I was uh, a snotty-nosed 13-year-old. Thank God, a Christian coach that was part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, just introduced me to Jesus, shared the plan of salvation, and that day, June 16, 1972, as a result of him taking me to a camp, uh, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and gave my heart to him as Savior and Lord. So I grew up in Naples. I was a blonde hair, blue eye, uh, you know, jock down in Naples. And uh, God all of a sudden got a hold of my heart and told me it, it was his desire to go into ministry and to serve him. And, you know, I'm 64 years old, so I've been doing that for some time. That's great. As a podcast for student ministers mm-hmm. and uh, student ministry workers, was there someone during that 13 to 18 year age that really kind of poured into your life? Yeah, there were a couple of people. The first one was a Christian coach uh, of my high school, Naples High School, named Rich Harrelson. He was the leader of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, huddle. It was a Sunday afternoon, evening type huddle where we would show up at the school and we would you know, do some recreational sports, have a sermon preached, and, you know, him do one-on-one as a result of his just pouring into us over the year. Eventually, he took us to camp where uh, we went to an actual Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp, and it was just a Christian camp week-long for athletes and, and that. But then there were other coaches uh, as well. There were other individuals. My Sunday school teacher, a guy named Jerry Deason, who was a dentist, uh, he just kept pouring into to all of us young boys and uh, that poor man had to put up with a lot Uh, but you know uh, for some Jerry was uncool to a lot of people but he was cool to us because he loved us despite us and he just kept showing the love of Jesus to a bunch of kids that you know in some ways people today would say we were from the other side of track we didn't know how to act like church because we weren't church people and he he not only loved us but he showed us how to act and how to you know how to grow in the Lord and he just poured the word into our hearts well I love hearing the stories I mean it's it's during those pivotal years that students latch on to their beliefs for a lifetime oh yeah so it's so important to reach them before they get out of the house basically at Mm -hmm. 18 well you live in Orlando Um, I'm suffering for Jesus in Orlando Florida yes (laughs) so let me ask because you got a lot of listeners that are youth pastors or youth guys or young at heart let me put yeah. it that way I'll work. um which of the big amusement parks do you like to the most well i would say walt disney world and in walt disney world's all the disney's i would say uh you know besides the magic kingdom which is everybody's you right, know fantasy right. place uh i love animal kingdom which is oh, yeah. where all the you know, animals are and my wife and i we have season passes so you know we go and we go early so we can see the animals when they're awake and active instead of hiding under a tree right, and but right. yeah so those would be the the fun places they're all good i mean you know whether it's universal or whether it's sea world whether it's bush gardens over toward tampa they're all great but that that's always been our our favorite even when my wife and i share my Cheryl, my wife, and I were dating. Um, I was the youth minister in Delray Beach, Florida. We would try to find days where we could roll out early, get to Disney, roll back late, and and just have a great time. So we're big Disney World people. Well, you know, as I found out this week, you were involved in student ministry early in your ministry. So what general advice would you have for those involved in youth ministry today as they seek to work with students and impact that next generation for Jesus? I would say two things. The first thing I would say is 
Today's successful youth ministers are those that can create, they're able to recruit others. They have the ability to uh, recruit adults who will help in the organization and growing youth ministries, whether it's a junior high and senior high or whether it's two separate junior high and then a senior high, youth ministers that can recruit volunteers to be part of the program is the, you know, the most important thing. You love the kids, certainly, you do things, but um, you know, kids need structure and they need enough people around to love on them uh, and being, having the ability to develop you know, a, a team. Youth ministers that do it all by themselves, uh, often it burns them out and it'll eventually you'll be less effective with the kids. So that's the first thing I, I, I would say. The second thing is um, there is a potential danger in, in youth ministry. And I know because I've been a youth minister, my son's been a youth minister, um, very successful in, in, you know, for both of us in that regard. Too many youth ministers create a youth ghetto. Mm, and yeah. a youth ghetto yeah. is where the kids are only happy if they're hanging out with other kids. They're only happy if they're with the junior hires, and they're only happy if they're with the senior hires. And if junior hires come in with the senior hires, the senior hires hate it because the junior hires. That's a and if a youth minister allows that type of stuff to go on, he's creating uh, specifically age group um, ghettos where. They don't put the sign up, but the sign says, adults, you are not welcome. And nothing is more dangerous for a young child, a youth's development as a middle schooler and as a high schooler to kind of all of a sudden push adults out of their life. And one of the great dangers today is, you know, the youth minister does it all, and he may not intentionally even realize he's doing it, but he creates a youth ghetto where, you know, it is a separation from family. It's a separation from older people. And those young kids, as I did, thank God for a Rich Harrison. Thank God for a Jerry Deason. You know, thank God that our youth minister allowed those type of people to filter into our lives. And I think I'm better grounded because of it. It is, it's real easy for that to happen. It's real easy. You have the youth that maybe they meet on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, or in a lot of churches, they'll actually have a youth worship service. During the other worship service. Exactly, and so you end up with segregation. And Mm -hmm. as somebody who has not only worked with student ministry, but family ministry, I hate to hear that because I want to see that integration. And you know, I always wanted to have the the youth in in the main worship services. I chose to have a youth worship on another day Mm. of the week. It was during the time when Barry St. Clair was doing things called Impact Ministry. And so we would have what we call Impact. It was a Friday night from 7 to 10. It was, you know, the once a week youth kind of youth rally on steroids, you know, type thing. And uh, it was uh, facilitated by a lot of adults helping to make it happen. Uh, so you can still have those type of things, but I don't think you need to, as a youth minister, in fact, I know you don't need to say as a youth minister, I need to preach to them because they're not getting that. That, uh, that scares me that one day those kids are going to graduate from high school and go yes. off to college. Yeah. And if you segregated them into the youth ghetto, they will never find a church that they like. 
And what will happen is when they go to college, they will shift out of church because they've never learned how to uh, participate in a different style of church. Yeah, yeah. I've had the opportunity to be here. I'm at Midwestern this week with Dr. Cheney and with, um, you know, just uh, some other students and learning and growing in this area. And I, I do know I'm supposed to call you Tom on this. Um, it, I know it's, it's hard a, when you got to call me something else. It is. It is. <laughs> but, um, you know, church revitalization is, of course, the topic that's important to you. And it's grown to be it's important. hugely important. Yes. Yeah. It's grown important to me over the years. Um, it's led me to work on this next phase of my, my education here at Midwestern. So what convinced you that that is your, your thing, your quote-unquote thing? I, I fell into it by being successful in helping others. Ah. I, it wasn't like I said, because I started my, uh, really my ministry, pastoral ministry, moving away from youth as a church planter. Uh, but more and more as I was planting churches, I'd have pastors that were in trouble come to me and ask me, how can I fix this? How can this be done? And before I knew it, I, my heart and my passion became on helping the church that was plateaued, helping the church that was declined. I wasn't into the, what I call, build the bigger is better type of ministry. I was into, let's save the church. Uh, and a lot of churches get in trouble. And if they don't wait too long, they can be turned around and be revitalized. And gosh, as early as 1993, 1995, the Lord was already allowing me to do those things. And so there, for a while, I was doing my regular job as a church planner and working across the nation, helping church plants and doing this on the weekends and on time off and all of that. And before I knew it, God just got a hold of my heart and said, you know, this is what I want you to do. Now, where I live in Orlando, I serve as the uh, executive director of the Greater Orlando Baptist Association. 275 churches in Central Florida that, you know, I help and work with and, you know, part, right. of, part of the right. thing. And there's a degree of those that need to be revitalized. So besides leading and helping healthy churches and planting new churches, I have a built-in lab right where we are you know that's uh, and you have been part of that lab uh, renovate one day trainings you actually i guess i i think you told me you i was offering a free book download one day and yes, that's how you that first, was it that's how you first <laughs> did that uh but um but we train local pastors and pastors all across the nation in how to revitalize their church and people come in and watch us via zoom or people come live into our presence where we host it with dr ron smith at waterstone church and you know before we knew it you know something i was just going to do for the locals expanded and then renovate national conferences which are the big conferences with people from all over the world coming uh that's kind of was the byproduct of um more people wanted to know what we were doing and let's spend three intense days together it kind of sounds like a doctoral seminar it but, does, anyway. it but does. three intense <laughs> days together working and practicing on the uh the work of church revitalization and renewal so mm. that's kind of the background i i've had a lot of friends god's been really very very good to us he's allowed us to create uh, a magazine called the church revitalizer magazine which is the largest magazine on the subject it may even be the only magazine on it i'm not really sure on that i never really took time to count uh and check that out but it literally helps pastors learn the things they can do to help bring about revitalization in their churches mm, that's exciting 
Well, as, as youth ministers and youth pastors, we're often the second man mm-hmm. in our churches. Yes, you you are. Know, We don't make the final decisions and don't have the opportunity to lead out at times. If we see that our church is in need of revitalization, what can we do in that second chair role to facilitate steps towards revitalization? Well, I would say the first thing, when you are not the guy, you know, he who takes the shot calls the shot. Right. And there are a lot of shots levied at pastors today. So the one who gets shot, the ball thrown at him is also the one who gets the call, you know, call the play. But when you sit in that second chair, the first thing you can can do to be thinking about revitalization is begin to develop ways that the church can become healthier in particular areas. You may not be responsible for 52 quality Sundays in a year, but you could begin to beef up the prayer ministry of the local church. You could participate and develop ways that your, you know, your organization could be part of the outreach effort of, of the church. You know, revitalization, because it's a minimal investment of a thousand days, which is a three year, you know, three years to get it really launching and going, another two years to really probably fully achieve it. Uh, you, as the second chair, you can come alongside your pastor, uh, do the things that he may be too busy, too overworked on the things he has, and you may be able to take one piece to revitalization, accomplish that. Uh, and, you know, I call them nudges. You can slowly nudge churches toward uh, a revitalization mindset. You know, uh, you're married, I'm married. You know, uh, if ever a preacher's talking and I'm guilty of what the preacher said, you know what I get? I get a nudge in my ribs. That's right. Listen, hon, he's (laughs) talking about you. You know, um, churches need those nudges as well. And so those would be, uh, revitalization is better to be, uh, steady and careful than to be racing all over the place. Um, and I would begin to raise the level of this is something we could consider. And I'd make sure I'd be talking to the pastor about what you're learning and, and all, all of that because, you know, there's so many churches across the Western Hemisphere that are in need of revitalization that, um, you know, probably only about 10% and maybe even a little less than 10% of the churches in the Western Hemisphere are what we would really call healthy churches. That's a sad It's statistic. a sad reality, isn't yeah, it? It is. It is. So no matter how good things are, we probably have some systems that are broken that need to be fixed. Right. And I'd analyze the systems. How's your assimilation systems? How's your outreach follow-up from visitors? You know, there's always things that could be improved upon. Mm, excellent. Well, as again, as a podcast towards student ministry and student mission workers, uh, what importance or role does youth ministry play in the revitalization of churches? Well, it's funny. I have some guys that uh, don't think that you can revitalize a church through youth ministry and just they don't believe that that can be done. And yet I have seen youth ministers across the nation when they begin to energize their kids, their youth, mm, yeah. and youth starts taking a greater role in service, whether it's servicing in programs or facilitating in ministries, ushering, greeting, offering, you know, working in the nursery, doing, you know, all of a sudden youth have the ability because they usually have boundless energy. You know, we had that one day, but we don't yeah. know where it went, but it's it gone. Left. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I say youth can give synergy 
to the effort. They can't lead it, uh, but they certainly can be part of the, you know, let's go, you know, take the world for Jesus. And one of the ways in my youth ministry, you know, I was a youth minister in three churches, uh, and we used to be actively involved in outreach. We would, you know, a family came, realistically we really didn't care about mom and dad we just wanted to know where they live so we could go visit the kids you know right. uh, type thing and so we our youth would visit with adults to the uh to the other kids and that's another way you know a youth ministry can be very aggressive toward bringing others in but i would say the youth ministry has to be inclusive not exclusive and right. th- it's got to be one where you have those kids that uh, when a new person comes they do everything they can to kind of swallow those kids and welcome those kids and help them realize th- this is a safe place for you and so those are some of the things that you could do as as a youth ministry i have a, a student who just graduated and it pains my heart that she's graduated and moving off to college about four <laughs> hours away because she is that person. Yeah, yeah. She brings energy and excitement. Uh, she's inclusive. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to... I would ask. <laughs> I would ask her, "Who did you prepare before you left?" Exactly. That's a great, great question. Yeah. Well, let's say I'm a church revitalizer and I realize that a youth pastor is needed for that spot. For that church um, what am I looking for in a student ministry guy there well if you're a pastor that's beginning to revitalize the church and you function as the church revitalizer you must look for a, a youth minister that is outwardly focused that isn't just uh, interested in his little you know his little group but he's interested in the the greater realm mm. of the church that greater health of, of right. the church Though his assignment is youth ministry and raising up the youth ministry, he's also thinking about, you know, systems of assimilation. How can I help the greater church in this a system of how do we reach new people? How do we get into the community? You know, kids are a great army. Uh, Saturation Saturday, for example, kids, you know, you build bags and, you know, you, you, you know, you basically uh, minister on a saturation evangelism day where a certain grid in the community and they can help you, you know, blitz an area in a couple, two, three hours. And, you know, so, whereas in some churches in revitalization, the church may be a little older and the elderly can't do that. Right. But, you know, youth group, they, they have young legs. They have great spirits. It's very seldom do you see a person that when you knock on a door as a young person, they don't answer the door and say hello. That's right. Yeah, I learned that early in yeah. using my youth. Our our youth used to be some of the most active people in the visitation and outreach ministry of our churches uh, because, you know, our deacons would love them. They're like, well, let me go visit with one of those youth. You know, they were that good. You know, they were that good. Oh, well, Dr. Cheney, uh, and I did it again. Tom, I'm so <laughs> thankful that you are uh, been on the podcast with me today. I, I've got a couple of questions to wrap up. One, if you are interested in uh, church revitalization and this has become something that you want to learn more about or look into i know you've written a number of books what would you say it be that beginning place for someone what one of your books would you be that starting if, point if you're starting to think am i a revitalizer am i a pastor that could be uh, working on revitalizing revitalizing a particular church uh it's not the first book i've written it's you know it's way back in the list but there's a book i wrote a few years ago called the church revitalizer as change agent 
And it was written for the pastor who's asking the question, am I the guy? Okay. Am I... Do, am I wired? See, there are pastors that are wired to uh, be, you know, pastors of ongoing congregations that are healthy and help them go to the next level. There are pastors that are called to be church planners, and, and all of those are good. But what God wires some of us to be the guy that could take a, a plateaued, kind of stuck, or an unhealthy church and begin to bring renewal to it. And the book was written in a way that, you know, helping them see how God has wired them, that they could be the guy, they could be the pastor, that uh, the person, the individual, who would be the one who begins to bring about revitalization to a, a stuck or plateaued or declining church. Thank you. So that would be it. And you can get that at renovateconference.org. When you go to the site, look bookstore, or you can just go to Amazon and type in that name or type in my spelling of my name if you spell it right, and it will uh, it will come out. <laughs> well, we will be sure to put that in the show notes so that our listeners have an opportunity to, to just go straight to it. That's important to us. But, well, again, thank you, Tom, for being on the podcast. If someone wants to learn more about Renovate or to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is go to uh, renovateresources.com or renovateconference.org, uh, and there will be a place there to leave a message, leave a note. You can find out everything about revitalization and, and how we could help and come along that. That's probably the very best way uh, to it. There's a place where you can drop a note and leave a note and, and all of that. And though I may not be able to handle it immediately that day, I do eventually handle all of them. Again, thank you so much, Tom. My pleasure, my pleasure. You may be in a church that needs revitalization. Your youth group may be down to just a couple of students, but let me encourage you today. Don't give up. Don't lose hope because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.